want you to type that in. God is good. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father, you are great in many ways, in every way. Hallelujah. I want to welcome all of you that are viewing us, whether it's on the social media platform or if you were smart and downloaded our app, downloaded our app and looking at us on our app or whatever way you're looking at us, YouTube, welcome. I am delighted to be able to share the Word of God with you on this Sunday morning. If you're on our app, there's plenty of content for your babies and your young ones, so I encourage you to allow God to minister to, the, to them through those devices and through those, uh, the, the hard work of our nursery and our children's church minister. Praise God. Also, if you uh, would like our notes, you can find the notes on that same app as well as on the YouVersion Bible app. So. I want you to follow along because we're going to get in some good stuff on this morning. Amen. And if you're watching us for the first time, chime in, let us know. We're delighted to have you. And um, hey, if you're on social media, by all means, reach out to someone. Just say, hi, so-and-so is here. I want to know where you're watching us from. I would love to know that you're watching us from, whether it's Florida, Michigan, California, Texas, wherever. We would love to know. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father. You are good. You are awesome. You are mighty. You are majestic. You are strong. You are epic. You are a delight and you are our peace. So we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy, the joy that you've given us, Father, even during these times. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I decrease that you, Holy Spirit, may increase within me. I declare that I am increasingly sensitive to the voice of the Spirit of God and His voice will I follow. I pray right now that the people won't rest their faith in the wisdom of man, but in the counsel and the goodness and the power of your word. So, Father, I pray that your word goes forth through whatever device, through whatever screen, through whatever listening apparatus that they may have right now. Minister to them, pierce their hearts, that they may make intentional changes to further glorify you in their lives. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for the salvations, the rededications, and the decisions to walk according to your word in advance. In Jesus' name. And all those that are in agreement said, amen, amen. God bless you. We are going to, uh, I, I, I believe the Spirit of God gave me some information that he wanted to share with me, share with you all that would just encourage your hearts and um, remind you, for those of you who are already saved, of who you are and what you have, but if you're not, to invite you to a world that allows you to have above and beyond all that you can ask or think, to be a part of a family of God that loves you and just adores you. I want to start by sharing with you a story. You know, some years ago, actually it was 2001, our very best friends, um, we were both believe in God to get pregnant, and it took her some time to get pregnant. She finally got pregnant, and she gave birth to a baby girl exactly seven days before I gave birth to my baby boy. And her name is Kerrigan. And when she had Kerrigan, of course, a few days later, they did all the testing and stuff like that. And then they get this call. Uh, Bishop George Davis gets this call, letting, and the doctor was letting him know that Kerrigan had tested positive of having hemoglobin SS, which basically is the worst kind of sickle cell that you can get. And so, of course, he was heartbroken, and he shared the news with my husband. And they prayed, and, you know, 
and they just, he just declared in that moment that they were going to stand on the word of God, getting emotional. And so during that time, we were the only other ones that know. It was the Davis uh, couple, mom and dad, and us. Later on, they told a great woman of God who stood with them in faith. But that was all that knew for 15 and a half years. But for the first two years of Kerrigan's life, they stood on the word of God. Because when you get to a place where you can do nothing else, you've exhausted prayer, you've exhausted, you, you, you've exhausted research, you've exhausted calls and hookups and networks and medicine, you've exhausted counseling and everything else. Sometimes you just have to stay so grounded in your faith. And you got to just know that the only one that can deliver you out of this situation is God. And that's exactly where they were. And for two years, every day, for a little over two years, they took communion and prayed the same prayer. That Kerrigan somehow would be healed of this thing called sickle cell. And after two years, when they finally got the release, it wasn't that that was a set time, they got a release that God would deliver and that God would heal and that there, was a, there would be a manifestation of a cure for Kerrigan's life. And of course, they held on to that. We all held on to that. I remember covertly having to go over to the grandparents' house when Kerrigan would be would stay overnight because of their travels or whatever. And I have to covertly sneak over, get over there and just, hey, I'm spending some time with my goddaughter and give her her special vitamin um, for a short period of time. Um, I remember them taking communion one time with some Coca-Cola and a cracker. You know, whatever it was, they did it. And, um, you know, so 15 and a half years at the fullness of time, there's too many miracles that happen in between there. There, now medicine came up with something that would uh, aid and cure sickle cell in her body. And praise God for that. But in the midst of that timeline, could you just imagine, just think of something that you're believing God for. You don't know what to do. You don't have the answers. No one can give you the answers. And you have to stand in faith, praying the same prayer. Believe in God for the same thing. Just imagine 15 and a half years. Noah did it for 100 years. Jesus did it for 33 years. In the meantime, the Davises are standing in faith. We're standing right along with them. And this man is watching. This family is conducting, officiating homegoings of people whose loved one died of sickle cell. Just think, I'm a, I want to paint a picture. When everything is against you, they're not researching it. There's not a whole lot going on in, in, in this aiding and a cure. In the meantime, you're watching people pass away. You're watching people deal with this. Mind you, when I said no one knew, Kerrigan didn't even know that she had sickle cell. And that child lived 15 and a half years symptom-free. Sim never a crisis, never an organ crashing or anything like that, never an episode Every once in a while, she might get a headache. The worst thing that she had to deal with was glasses. Praise God. And so, you know, and, and finally it came. It happened. Praise God. Kerrigan is alive, well, healthy. Um, and, and she went through the process, and, and, and we're here to celebrate now. What's my point in all that? Sometimes we find ourselves in this place in life where God, it doesn't feel like God may be there, but he's there. 
And it's a matter of us getting over ourselves and the fullness of time where God is moving people, places, things into position so that he can manifest himself in a way in which you could receive it. See, what you, you didn't hear about that story that I just told you was that there were things happening in his life and their life that had to be positioned where it supernaturally graduated to this supernatural union, whereby he found out that there was something out there that would help Kerrigan. Kerrigan still didn't know and didn't even, couldn't, still to this day doesn't grasp the magnitude of what happened. But nevertheless, God manifested. He wants you to experience the best of what he has in this life every single day. He is a father. He's not just master. He's not just God. He's not just creator. He is father. And just like those parents stood in faith and believed God for the manifestation of a miracle, the superabundant miracle in Kerrigan's life, God is doing the same thing on your behalf. He is saying, hey, just believe me and let me manifest. Just get out the way and let me do it. This morning, we're going to talk about the power of faith and love. The power of faith and love. I want to let you know something. You know, they knew the facts, but they stood on the truth. And there's a difference there. We don't ignore the facts. When the doctor gives you a doctor's report, it's not that you, got, you can just deny it and it just goes away. But it's when you uh, believe the truth and it supersedes the power of the facts. And that's exactly what happened. Dude, I want you to know that even in your ignorance, even, this is so good. I wrote this down. Even in your ignorance, your body is fighting off sickness and disease, viruses and infections all day long. All day and every day. I'm no medical professional, but I do know this, and I declare this true in your life, that there are times where being so steeped in the truth and knowing only the truth is the bliss of you being protected from enemies seen and unseen. You know, they don't study all the fake money out there to determine what's fake, counterfeit. They study the real thing so that the counter, when the counterfeit comes, they can recognize it immediately and dismiss it. When you study God and you study the tr his truth, when you study the power of his word, <laughs> the counterfeit can come. And you're like, what is that? And it's easy for you to just dismiss it. Amen. Now. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. You know, and that's not just for medical truth, what I just said, that the power of truth can supersede and annihilate enemies seen and unseen. That's true in relationships, wives and husbands. You can believe God for your spouse. In fact, did you know that when the word of God is inside of you, that there's more power in the word that's inside of you than the word that's on that sheet of paper whereby he's anointed you to win your spouse? You can believe God and intercede for your children, for your loved ones, for your family members, your friends, and your neighbors, and your co-workers, because he has anointed you to do so. Amen? You could use your faith to supplement somebody else's faith just because of the power of his word. Read chapter Matthew, Matthew chapter 17 and Matthew chapter 9. He lets us know. So in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, learning about the power of faith and love. It says in Ephesians 3, verse 20, I'll be reading from the Passion Translation or Passion Interpretation. It says, 
Never doubt God's mighty word to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. It says in the King James, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think, imagine or conjure up. God is not into just meeting you where you are. He's into excelling where you are. He's into blowing your mind as to who he is in his life and his ability to perform in and through you. See, whenever God manifests himself, it's just not something popping up in a mailbox all the time. It's what he's manifesting through you that's the miracle. Amen. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I know that I want everything that God has for me. I want everything that God has for me. There is no way you're about to bring me this entire buffet, and I don't taste a little bit of everything. I like food. So, hey, if you want to bring a buffet in front of me, I want to have it all. I want to taste it all, especially if I, if I went through the process of getting access to it. And that's exactly where God wants us. He's like, hey, I've given you my son, and in my son are all the promises. They are yes and amen. So don't leave this table not having eaten from the goodness of what I've had to provide for you. So what do, you know, you're in your bed, you're probably at the kitchen table, you're in your family room, you're probably in your car even looking on the phone. I don't know. Wherever you are, I want you to think of something that you would really want. Think of something that you really want to see manifested in your life. I don't know if it's a restored marriage. I don't know if you're believing God for children, you couple. I don't know if you're believing God for healing in your body. I don't know if you're believing God to go on a great vacation. Perhaps you want your own home. I don't care what it is, but what is it that you're believing God for? Now, I dare you to not only believe him for it or to imagine it, but now dare to believe that he's working right now something that will manifest greater than your wildest imagination. I want you to say out of your mouth right now, I believe that my God desires for me to have all, everything that he's provided for me. Because he's loved me so much that he gave me his very best. And I receive it now in Jesus' name. Whatever it is, joy, peace, healing, dare to believe God for it. And I promise you on the authority of his word, if you commit yourself to it and love him through it, he'll manifest himself through you to get it to you. Amen? Now, the greatest love. When we realize how much God loves us, let, let's establish how much he loves us. Even from the beginning of time, when you were just a twinkle in his eye, because you know you were spirit before you were flesh. And so when he created you, I don't know how many eons ago, 
He had a plan for you. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, you looking at us right now. He had a plan for you even back when Jeremiah was on the earth. He said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He says, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. When God created you, he had a, an expected end. He had a plan for your life that would glorify him. He had success plan for your life. He had joy plan for your life. He had peace plan for your life. And then so that planning, sometimes when we, became, when we came on the earth, just life got in the way. Bad choices might have gotten in the way. Circumstances might have gotten in the way. But it, it never erased his plan for your life. It never nullified his plan for your life. And in fact, he's striving to get you to it. He's striving to, to see that you get to that place where he's glorified in your life. He doesn't sleep nor slumber, and he's constantly moving pieces in place, just like he did for the Davises, moving pieces in place, people in place, situations in place, so that he can manifest himself to you, so long as you stand firm in the faith and the goodness of who he is. John chapter 10, I love the way the passion puts it in, in verse 10. He says, a thief is only one thing in, has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. He says here that, but I have come to give you everything in abundance. Jesus says, I come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in the fullness until you overflow. That reminds me of what we just read in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Life in the overflow. He says in John chapter 3, this is very familiar to everybody, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He says in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, that beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, be in good health, even as thy soul prosper. You see, God is not into punishing. This whole situation that we're, having, that we're experiencing right now is not of God. Let me assure you of that. Sickness and disease does not come from God. It's a work of the enemy. But he says that I can even turn this situation into good because I'm just good like that. And I'm sovereign like that. You know, it, it, it takes me to one of these stories of, uh, of these Bible stories that just one of my favorites that blessed me so much. So we're going to talk about this lady who dared to believe God, even in her hurt, even in her despair, even in the instance of a famine being in the land, she dared to believe God. Not that she was so bold, not that she was confessing a whole bunch of scripture, but because she just simply believed. And, you know, I said simply, and it's bigger than that, but nevertheless, she chose to believe, okay? Let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'm going to read from the Amplified in verses 1 through 7. It says, Now the wife of a son of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two sons to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you of sale value in the house? She said, your handmaid has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go around and borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not a few. And when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons. Then pour out the oil you have into those vessels. 
setting aside each one when it is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon herself and her sons, who brought to her the vessels as she poured the oil. When the vessels were all full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Then she came and told the man of God, he said, now go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons live in rest. <clears throat> now, live on the rest. Now, seems to be a paradox here. Yes, I'm shifting it. Because this here story speaks to so much more than what's just on this paper. See, there are levels in, in revelation of God, and, and we're about to dive deep. We're talking about God being the one who wants to give to you abundantly above all that you could ask or think. In fact, he said exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think, imagine or, or, or conjure up. So when we think of who he is, how does he do this? How does he manifest himself? What was inside of the Davis family that made them stand on the word of God for 15 and a half years until it finally manifested? What was inside of a Noah that, that caused him to stand for 100 years? What's the on the inside of you that's causing you to stand declaring this day for whatever you're believing God for? Let's talk about five power moves to manifesting the abundant glory of God. Five power moves that you can develop to walk in God's divine abundance. <coughs> Excuse me. Number one, the power of relationship. Now, mind you, we don't do things to get God to move. We do things in response to our relationship to him. And that's where the power is made manifest. And you don't do it, something appears, there's a manifestation, and then you stop. No, this is walking in the exceeding abundance of all, beyond all that you could imagine or think. We do this because of the love that we have for him, and it comes first in the power of relationship. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never declared him as Lord and Savior of your life, that's okay. We're going to take care of that today. But listen, you can't get all the fullness of God without having a relationship with him. Maybe you've been coming to church your whole life. And you still don't see all of God's manifest, all of your prayers answered and the manifested goodness in his life. It doesn't come without relationship, baby girl. It doesn't come without relationship, baby boy. So you can go to church. But if church is just a Sunday thing, you're not in relationship. God is just something to do. If you only pray when there's something wrong in your life, that's not a relationship thing. It's just, prayer is just something you do. But when you're in a relationship Prayer is something you live. Church is something you realize that you are the church, and church is something you live. You gather together with, with uh, other believers, or you gather together in connect groups, or wherever you are, whatever small groups that you're a part of, you gather together so that you all can sharpen each other with the Word of God and fellowship in His kingdom. Now, the, relation, the power of relationship. It says here in the very first verse, the wife of the son of the prophets. Now, mind you, there's a famine in the land, just like it is right now. Famine means sickness and disease, not just the absence of rain, the absence of rain and crop. So there's a famine in the land. <clears throat> there is uh, issues going on in the politics. This woman just lost her husband who was a man of God that served the prophets. He was a prophet. Now they're in debt. <laughs> kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? 
they're in debt. And in those days, there's no collection agency ringing your phone all the time. No, they just send the man who owns is going to send for your children to be his slaves until the debt is paid. And that's what she's facing. So because of her relationship, she being married to the prophet and the prophet being a servant of Elijah, she has direct access to the man of God that can manifest the miracle in her life. Okay, we're going to end somewhere with this, all right? We're going somewhere, so I want you to follow me closely. So that relationship right there gave her access to Elisha. And Elisha is the conduit by which God will manifest a miracle in his life. Romans 10, I'm not going to go there, but I want you to read Romans 10, verse 10. It's in your notes where he's talking, where we're learning that while we were yet apart from God, we were not with God before salvation. When we became unified with him, we, became, we came to this place of being in relationship. We had an opportunity to share in a relationship with Jesus and with God. Amen. Number two, five power moves. Number two, the power of faith. The power of faith. Listen, faith is an actual word, and it's the manifestation of all that we talked about in Ephesians chapter 3. It says in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith it's impossible to please him, for, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. You know, the power of faith, it says here that her husband feared the Lord. And I can't help but to believe that if the husband feared the Lord and here she is coming to the prophet of the land, that she too feared the Lord. So there is an expectation. She came to this prophet. She didn't go to the governor. She didn't go to the president. She didn't go to the local authorities. She went to the man of God and said, hey, this is happening to me. And on the authority of the relationship that I have with you through my husband, I'm expecting you to have an answer by the word from the word of God and the spirit of God that will help me through this situation. First John chapter five, verse four, it says, you see, every child overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So when we have faith, what is that? That firm persuasion, that unmoved conviction that God's going to manifest that two-year type of faith where I can do communion every single day for two, over two years, where I'm standing on the Word of God for 15 and a half years, whatever the case may be. However long it takes, God, I know you are true. God, I know you love me. And God, I know you're going to manifest this. And not only according to what I'm believing right now, but exceedingly abundantly above all that I'm asking and thinking right now. Number three, the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Listen, you know, prayer is defined as communion with God. Prayer is defined as communion with God, where I'm talking to God. But know and understand that he's talking to you also. And when we settle down in meditation of his word, he's speaking. But not only does he speak through his word, but he will speak when we're in prayer. When we not only spend our time making noises and talking and praying to him, but we settle down and we listen and we journal and we write down what he may be manifesting in our lives, what he may be speaking to us to do. Because oftentimes, we're going to cross that bridge in a little bit, oftentimes he's downloading instructions to us. But because we're so rigorous in the or whatever we may be doing, we don't pause long enough 
to hear him give us the answer. So when you're in that prayer time, when you're in that closet, just know and believe that he's also speaking to you. And God will speak to you, and he is okay with you proving him. He is okay with you saying, okay, God, I need to know that this is you, and this ain't me hearing something. And he will manifest it. See, there's a lot of voices out there. A lot of voices out there. You'll hear the voice of your long-gone grandmama. You'll hear the voice of a neighbor that just said something. You'll hear the voice of the enemy. You'll hear the guilty voice of your conscience. But if it strikes fear, if it strikes anything contrary to the will of God, you got to exit out until you get to that place where you have a calm peace. And he don't mind proving himself. The power of prayer. James chapter 5 tells us the, that the effectual uh, fervent, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Got tongue-tied there. Listen, you want to be effective and you want to be fervent in prayer. And it'll manifest. It'll, and, and it's a matter of commitment. It's a matter, and prayer is not just that hour in the day. That's good. But it's an ongoing awareness that he's ever present with you. It's when you're in the parking lot and saying, God, I need a parking spot. I don't feel like walking today. He does that for me all the time. He cares about the little things. It's, it's, it's when you wake up in the morning and look in your closet and say, God, what should I wear today? It's when you look at that table of bills and say, God, help me through this. It's when you're hearing all the voices of this corona and all this other stuff going on. God, just, just let me settle here with your peace. Amen. Number four, the power of knowledge. The power of knowledge. Verses three, I ask you, you know, going back to verses three and four, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? In verse three in 2 Kings 4, it says, Then he said, Go around, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, not a few. And then when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons. He's giving instructions, he's empowering her with what to do, knowledge. So who are you listening to? Proverbs 24, 4 and 5 says that by knowledge all the chambers shall be filled with precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yeah, a man of knowledge increases in strength. You know, today there's a whole bunch of facts and knowledge being kicked around. And, you know, nothing changed really if this... If this virus, if this season, the cause of this season of shelter in place, empty churches, empty buildings, people not working, if, 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 if this disease was here as far back in America, as far back as January, the only thing that changed is that the media told you that it was here and what it could do. And I mean, now you got, you got folks scared to sneeze. I, I, I had to travel to Detroit, and I, I'm, I, wanted, I needed to sneeze. And I'm doing everything in my power. My head's about to explode so that I don't sneeze. I'm walking around with wipes in my purse, plastic rubber gloves in my purse. I mean, I got more sanitation issues items in my purse than I do purse items. You know, folks scared to, you know, we're walking down a trail, and I mean like literally, yes, six feet of distance, okay. But I mean, people are literally like beelining. I'm seeing people at, uh, utilizing martial arts moves that they don't even know that they had, trying to avoid coming within six feet of people. 
And the only thing that changed was that you were given some knowledge. Knowledge, be it good or bad, will give power to something if you put faith in it. So you want to fill yourself with the knowledge of truth because it's the knowledge of truth that manifests power. Yes. My husband said, the truth will set you free. It's the truth that you know and exercise that will set you free. Amen. Proverbs 16, 9, I love what he says here. Within your heart, you can make plans for your future, but the Lord chooses the steps to get you there. So, yes, be empowered with knowledge. Be empowered with the knowing. But that knowing cannot exalt itself above the truth of who God is. Amen. The last one, number five, the power of obedience. The power of obedience. Number five, verses five and six, what does it say in verses five and six? It says, so when she went to him and shut the door upon her, so she went from him and shut the door upon herself and her sons who brought her vessels and she poured the oil. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one left. And then it says that she went back and told the man of God and he gave her further instruction. So not only do you have knowledge, but when you have knowledge from the truth of God's word, now you have a responsibility to obey it. And it's in the obedience that you get the manifestation. Yes, you, there's a power of relationship. There's a power of faith. There's a power of knowledge. There, there, you know, all those things are there, but all that is within. But now the exercise of without is the power of obedience. And that's when faith is in action. 1 John 5, 3 in the Passion says, True love for God means obeying his commands. And his commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. See, we, if you say you love God, you can't say you love God and still go out and, you know, hit the bottle. We can't say we love God and make decisions to disobey him. You know, and if there's a question in, my, in your mind, should I do this? Or when you, you know, uh, uh, for the believer, you know when you're doing something wrong. I know when I'm doing something wrong. I know when I want to say something spiteful that I'm about to, I'm about to, unleash something that I'll probably regret. So the obedience comes in just keeping my big mouth shut. And you'd be amazed in just keeping your mouth shut how much problems you will avoid. Amen. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of encouragement inside of here. Amen. When we walk in these five power moves, as a way of living and not just as a way of doing, then we start manifesting. God starts moving pieces in places whereby we can see the miracles, the signs and the wonders and the miraculous happenings and the above and beyond, exceedingly abundantly above all of that we could ask or think manifesting in our lives. See, when we do those five things, it puts us in this position to experience the power of his love. And I'm not talking about a Chardé song. I'm talking about the power of love. I'm talking about the confidence of who he is and his love towards me. You know, I, I grow every single day. 
when I think about his goodness. When I reflect, you know, yesterday we celebrated my husband's birthday, 53 years old. And, you know, I have been mentioning this red top mountain, this mountain that's here in Georgia, to go on this trail. And uh, he finally said, okay, let's go do it. And let's go on an adventure. Let's go explore it. And, you know, we're, we're doing it together. He's just so patient with me. And he's just walking with me the whole time. Now, he can outrun me. I'm, I'm growing in the things of running. Praise the Lord. I swim. He runs. But he was patient with me. He stuck, stuck alongside me. Even though I was a little slower than him, even though I might have got tired, he stayed with me. And that's exactly who God is. When you're on this trail called life, and the trail starts going uphill, he's going to stay by your side. Even though he made the trail and he knows exactly where it's going. Even though he's faster and quicker, he's going to stay by your side to encourage you. But I couldn't help but when we were going and we got to the end and this 53 year old man of mine gets down on the ground and starts doing push-ups <laughs> and I was like I just looked at him I said like, I gotta take a picture of this I didn't share it, it wasn't for sharing it's just that so I could reflect and say thank you father that my husband at 53 is healthy he's vibrant he's strong he's able something as simple as that I had to be thankful when I look at my life, yeah, there's other things that I want. But at the end of the day, the life that I have right now, I couldn't have imagined it when I was 21, 22, 23. There was no way I could have imagined the life that I have right now. Now, mind you, I wasn't quite saved yet. But, <laughs> I mean, I had an imagination of what I wanted. But God has so far exceeded it. He has so far exceeded it. And I declare that to be true in your life. Amen. I want to invite you to do that part one right now. As I wrap this up and bring this to the end, I just pray in Jesus' name that you get to walk in the fullness of what he died for, of what he's provided for you. Number one of those five power moves was being in relationship with God. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I would love to be the conduit that would bring you into that relationship. Or perhaps you were like me. I made decisions for Christ two and three times. I, had, I, had to, I required a few, a few dips. You got our fellowship with God. You know that you're living life contrary to the will of God. You might have grown up in church. You might even be a, a nice person, but you know that you are not living according to God's word. You know that you've abandoned the truth that you know. You know that you're trying to figure things out on your own and it's not working. Some people call it being out of uh, fellowship. I mean, some people call it being backslidden. We just simply call it being out of fellowship. And guess what? God's not mad at you. He's married to you. He ain't going nowhere. He's wooing you back saying, hey, I'm using this little girl right now to minister to you, 
to bring you back into relationship with me because I love you that much and I'm not going to leave you alone. I want to manifest myself in your life. I want you to have the best. I want to just blow your mind with my goodness and my glory. And if that's you, I want to pray with you today. Or perhaps you're without a church home. Hey, there's a lot of virtual churching going on right now. But if you're not, you haven't found yourself a church home and you believe that Linked Up Church is a church for you, you believe that God has called you to the body of Christ right here in Powder Springs, Georgia, whether it's local or whether it's beyond with the e-church, I want to give you information pertaining to that. So if any of those decisions pertain to you, I want you to make this confession with your heart, with all your heart, with me right now. Put your hand over your heart and say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sins and he rose again to proclaim my victory. Now, because of what I believe in my heart and what I've confessed in my heart, I believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Live in me now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so be it. You've recommitted your life. You are now born again. If you desire more information on how to become a member of Linked Up Church, follow the instructions on that screen. We want to know. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, please, we want to know. We want to know. So please let us know by typing that in that I prayed that prayer from my heart. If you would like more information, I encourage you to follow the instructions that's on the screen. Fill out a connect card and a minister will follow up with you because we truly do believe. You never believe the word of a, of a preacher. We truly believe that. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? But you, uh, the truth must always be founded in the Bible. And so we have ministers on standby that are waiting and eager to minister to you according to the word of God and the decision that you just made. Amen. Hello, family. Thank you for joining our online service today. I want to invite you to become a part of our online community by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Download the Linked Up Church app. Visit our website to find out everything that's going on here at Linked Up Church. If you desire to help us reach more people just like you, you can do so by clicking the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, to family, to purpose and community. Thanks again for watching our service on today. We were so excited to have you and see you next time.